For context, I'm in school still and work for my family member on certain weekends at a local college selling concessions at the stadium. It's about once, maybe twice a month, and the stadium is off towards the edge of town. It's Friday night, I had just gotten out of school, and I had to go straight to work. I get to work, work for four hours, and my boss, who's also my aunt, tells me we need more spoons for tomorrow's event. I say, okay, I'll go grab them on my way home. The only store open with heavy-duty spoons is all the way on the other side of town, and I still wanted to go meet up with some of my friends and mess around. I decide to take the faster, but more sketchy way, around the outskirts of town. I live in a weather-bipolar state. It snowed last night, but I figured the roads would be fine enough, even if they weren't plowed. I take off to the store, and the first five minutes go by, and nothing's wrong. I haven't seen a single car or any buildings this entire time, but keep in mind it's approaching 9pm and I'm on the outskirts of town, and no one really takes this way in case they really have to. All of a sudden, I see something in the corner of my eye, and it looks like a man. Roughly 5'8", wearing shorts, t-shirt, and a backwards hat. He's in the ditch, walking in snow, when it's 10 degrees out. My first thought is to pull over, but I'm on the phone with my mom, and she warns me not to, as some things have happened before in this town. I consider stopping, but for some reason, I tell myself not to. I wasn't really worried about anything. I'm a young dude, driving a big pickup truck, last type of person anyone would want to harm, right? I pass the man, going about 40 miles per hour. I drive not even 500 feet past him, and immediately, a car that I hadn't seen before turns and pulls out of a field entrance off the road and starts to follow me. At first, I thought I just was focused more on the man in the ditch and didn't happen to see the road that this car came off of, but I later found out there was no road there. Now, again, I'm not super worried. I watched my fair share of crime stories and I just didn't feel threatened yet. I start to approach town again and have to take some turns to get where I'm going. I turn left, the car turns left. I turn right, car turns right. I go around a roundabout and skip my turn and go twice as no one else was there and the car still follows. At this point, I start to worry just a little, but maybe they just need to go to the store also. I then pull up to a stop sign and I turn without my turn signal on and the car still follows. Now at this point, I should have gone straight to the police station, but I still didn't think much of it. I'm two miles from the store where plenty of people will be. I take a few more turns and the car continues to follow me. I completely blew a stop sign at a non-busy intersection and the car does a quick stop and go and catches up. At this point, I'm two turns from the store so I'm still not quite worried. I turn into the store and the car turns also. The store also has a gas station so I pull there first to act like I was getting gas. The car pulls to the side of the gas station and just sits. I wait about 10 minutes and the car doesn't move. At this point, I'm starting to get worried. I'm a young kid alone at night near the bad side of town. I call my friends I'm supposed to meet up with later on and give them the license plate for the worst case scenario. Then I take off to the store. I cross the street and the car comes straight behind me. I'm freaking out on the phone, not knowing if I should call the cops or not. I go and park as close to the store as possible, and the car parks three rows behind me. It's getting late at this point, and the store is going to close soon, 
so there's only a couple of other people inside the lot. I turn my truck back on and go park on the complete opposite side of the lot, get out, and bolt inside the store. I'm not super overweight, but I'm not skinny either. I'm about 6 foot 1, 200 pounds. Who would want anything to do with me? I get spoons, take my time in the store, and I go to call my friends to walk back outside. But my phone just happens to be dead. I look out the sliding doors, and suddenly there's a white van next to my driver's side. Looks like no one's in it, but the back windows are covered, and it's running. Big red flag. I run to customer service and explain everything, but they think I'm some young kid just messing around. At the time, I didn't see the original follow car, but no way in hell am I going outside with that van next to my truck. After waiting for what seemed like hours, but was probably closer to 30 minutes, the van pulls forward and the original car appears from the side of the building. You can see from inside the store that they talked and then both drove off. I wait another 10 minutes and dash outside. I speed to my friend's house and when I get there I park in his garage. My one buddy asked why there's a big orange mark on my tire and my heart sinks. When I was inside, the follow car must have marked my tire. And after inspecting the rest of my truck, we find a small pipe dropped in the bed of my truck surrounded by snow. It was about two inches wide and I'd say about 18 inches long, wrapped in duct tape. It was not mine. I was alone, no phone, scared, in a part of town that I'm not familiar with. I try to laugh it off, but now that everyone's asleep, I can't help but think what would have happened if I walked outside. I've always been sort of ego boosted on the fact that I'm a chubby fat dude with no one who would want to do anything to me, but after tonight, I realize that anyone can be targeted. And while I still can't figure out what their exact plan was, I'm just as happy to never find out. This story happened when I was about 13 years old, so a few years back. I was a major introvert, only friends with a few people in my class. I wanted to be social, but I preferred to be alone and read or write. Classic nerd things. In early November, I got a text on my phone that was from a few classmates whose phone numbers I had, and around one or two that I couldn't recognize. It was a group chat, asking if we wanted to hang out at night near a park at our school. My parents, being strict and paranoid, would never let me go. Luckily, or what I thought was luck, they were heading out on an overnight trip. They would be back around 4 in the morning, and everything just fell into place. Once my parents left around 8-ish, I ran out the door and made my way to the park. The one thing I made sure to do was lock the door. My parents were paranoid after all, and it was their biggest thing that they engraved into me. Once I arrived at the park, I noticed a creepy figure near the edge of the woods. No one else seemed to notice it though, and I already had enough reputation as a weirdo who was true crime obsessed, so I didn't mention it. The night drew on and on, and I was having the time of my life ignoring the gut feeling I had to tell everyone to run. Every so often, I would look over my shoulder, and the man would still be standing there. Around 9.45, four out of the ten people there had to leave due to their own curfew. It was getting cold, and was nearly pitch black with a few street lights every so often. The rest of us decided to go as well, since it felt more eerie and quiet. The place we were hanging out was at a field that was fenced in with very few exits and entrances. 
a large wide field with a small park in the back and our giant middle school behind us. The front of the field faced the empty road and the When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply right and left sides were surrounded by forest. All the people left were getting picked up by cars, meaning that they went the opposite way of the road, since that's where the parking lot was. The man stood by the right forest-slash-road exit that I needed to take to get home. I walked away from my group and tried to steady my heavy breathing. I didn't want to be paranoid, but all the true crime I listened to was catching up to me. The man was probably in his early 40s, maybe late 30s, with dark hair and a beard, and he was probably around 5'9", but at the time it seemed to be over 6 foot. He stood about 10 feet from the exit that I had to take, so when I got close enough to it, I ran for about 30 feet through the exit and through the woods. Once I felt safe enough, I started just to quickly walk through the woods. I had heard a snap and a crunch from behind me. I stopped walking for a second and quickly checked over my shoulder. About 15 feet behind me stood the very same man. He was walking slowly, almost as if he was trying not to be suspicious, but it only made my fear worse. I turned around and started walking quickly. I was basically jogging at this point. I lived about 10 minutes away from the park we had hung out at, and I wasn't athletic enough to run all the way home. After around seven minutes of walking fast, I was in my neighborhood. I knew that I could run to my house if I had to, so I checked to see if he was still trailing behind me. To my horror, he was only about five feet back. I ran. I ran faster than I've ever ran before. I could hear his footsteps behind me, thumping across the concrete as he ran too. I dove down an alleyway I knew well and tried to lose him in a park, making my way home longer. I could hear his heavy breath followed by his footsteps as he tried to keep up. I cut through houses, backyards, and front yards. I finally made it to my house and flew up the steps. I looked behind me and he had just arrived at the bottom of my stairs. I unlocked the door and burst through it, shoving it closed behind me, and I heard him hit the door with his entire body. I ran around the house and locked all the windows, turned off the lights, and hid in my bedroom with a kitchen knife just in case he got in. He didn't, luckily. If this was a better world, that's where my story would end. But it doesn't. After a few months, I hadn't really told anybody about what had happened since I didn't want to get in trouble with my parents for sneaking out or anything. I didn't go out with anyone or any group anymore, and my loner status returned. I began to write horror stories as a coping mechanism and never went out past 7 p.m. It was around February when a classmate of mine was sharing a story of some random dude following her home on the bus. She described him almost the exact same as the man who had chased me home. Another girl mentioned that he sounded like the guy who stood outside the school and tried to follow her home one time. I didn't join in, but everyone agreed that he was just a weird guy. He was kind of forgotten, and eventually I moved on too. Around May, I was getting ready to walk to school when my mom pulled me aside and showed me a picture of a man, the same man who had followed me home all those nights back. 
She told me that he had been arrested a few weeks ago for assaulting a child and that he had been released last night. She told me to keep an eye out for him and to call the cops if I saw him. I was shaking the whole time I walked to school. It haunts me to know that if he had caught me, I would most likely be in that girl's position or worse. While years have passed, those lessons are still strong in my mind. So you won't catch me sneaking out late to be where the creepers roam. This occurred to me and my then-girlfriend in the summer of 2004. I need to provide a little bit of context first, though, so this all will make sense. My hometown was decimated by flooding from Hurricane Floyd in 1999. Part of the response and recovery efforts involved FEMA setting up RVs as temporary housing for those whose homes were either destroyed or heavily damaged. These RVs were set up in a previously vacant field outside of town. The park was dismantled by around 2001. They put up fencing around the perimeter and trenched over the other streets into the area to keep people out. But they forgot one entrance or left it purposely open for emergency vehicles to have access. Some friends of mine had found this entrance and we frequently used the area as our playground. We would go back there to set off fireworks, turn the streets into our race course, and to have fun with our girlfriends. To set the stage for how this place looks, there are three streets running east to west orientation and a street that went around the other streets in an oval fashion. The grass was very overgrown and about four feet high. The south and north side of the area was wooded. The east side had large dirt berms that were about 20 feet high and had been placed there when the site was graded in 1999. They normally provided a climbing challenge for our SUVs. This particular day, my girlfriend and I were parked on one of the east-west streets amongst the tall grass to remain hidden. We got undressed and were ready to have some fun in the back seat of the car. As we begin, I notice movement out of the corner of my eye. I turn to look, and there's a man coming over the 20-foot high dirt berm. He's wearing denim overalls, and in his left hand is a full-sized axe. A wave of fear washed over me, and I yelled out, Oh my god! My girlfriend pops up to look out the back windshield and let out a scream and a what are we going to do? I frantically start looking for the keys. There's a pile of clothes on the floorboard and I just can't find them. I look out the back and he's getting closer. I can see his face now and it's an emotionless blank stare. I start grabbing clothes and shaking them to hopefully find the keys. They pop loose and fall to the floor. I grab them and immediately jump into the driver's seat, still completely naked. I start the car, and from the back seat, my still naked girlfriend screams, Go! Go! I look in the rearview mirror as I'm putting the car into drive, and he's now within 20 to 30 feet of the car. Same blank look, but staring at the car with the axe still in hand. I didn't even fasten my seatbelt, and I'm still fully nude as I floored the gas, kicking up rocks everywhere as the tires spun as we sped away from this man holding that axe. We got out of the abandoned FEMA park as quickly as I could drive the car without crashing it. My girlfriend was hysterical the whole time until we got back to the main road and we knew we were safe. I'd say we drove about two miles up the road before we finally stopped to put our clothes back on, de-stress, and regroup from the situation. To this day, I don't know where that man came from as there are no houses within a mile or so of that old FEMA site. He seemingly came out of nowhere. 
I also didn't see any other cars at the site as I had done a lap around the park before we chose our spot. I'm not sure what his intentions were as he never said anything to us and I know he saw us panicking in the car. Whatever his plans were, I know they weren't good. The look on his face and the axe in his hand made that abundantly clear. I went back to the site a few days later with a couple of friends and found no place that this guy could have been lurking and there were no signs that anyone had been camping there either. To this day, it's one of the scariest events that I've ever been through and I don't know if I'll ever look at an axe or overalls the same ever again. Thank you.